revival. God, we thank you. I speak blessing in their lives, God. I speak, Father God, prosperity and health, Father God. I speak, Father God, in their respective churches, those churches and those pastors that are here. Oh, Father God, representing their congregation, I pray that they would bear fruit and that fruit will remain. And when they pray, Father God, and they voice their petitions towards heaven, God, that anything that they ask for in Jesus' precious name, you would give it to them. And I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' precious name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to pray for people. You are sick in your body. You are sick. Uh, you're, you're battling an illness or a disease, or maybe you just got diagnosed with something. Maybe you are going to go check with a doctor because you feel something that is not right in your body. I want you to come forward. It could be respiratory. It could be in your joints. I want you to come. You are sick in your body. I want you to come. Back problems, headaches, migraine headaches, I want you to come. Female, male problems, I want you to come. Liver, I want you to come. Your kidneys, I want you to come. If you are taking prescription medication of any kind, you should be up here. Yeah, I love to I love to say that in the end. <laughs> Amen. And and there's somebody out there that say, Man, I'm off the hook. No, if you are taking over the counter medications for any reason, any reason, especially especially NyQuil, because you have to go to sleep at night. Now they make NyQuil just to go to sleep. I want you to come as well, too. You have pain in your body. I want you to come. You have pain in your body. Anybody have pain? You're right here. You have pain? Anybody have pain? Okay. You have pain? I want you to come. You have pain? I want you to come. Amen. Anybody else have pain? All right. Does anybody here, if you were to get healed, we're going to believe God is going to heal you. When you get healed, uh, you will tell the difference. Besides the person in, in pain, you will tell. You can tell the difference if if, if we would pray for you. Or are are there people here that you got to go check with a doctor or got to prick your finger because of diabetes and stuff like that? Okay. So we're gonna believe God. And this is class participation, which means is that we're going to believe God corporately for them. We're gonna stretch our hand forward. And we're going to believe God for healing because I believe my God still heals. Amen. And you need to believe that. You need to believe God heals bodies. The blood of Jesus was shed upon the cross for the healing of our bodies. He was whipped by his stripes. We are healed. So I want you to believe that. And I want you to push through personalities. I get it. Maybe some of you are introverts or you're not, you know, as loud like, like I am. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not talking about height and I get it but what I want for you to do is exercise your faith and step beyond that and say God I ask you I'm asking you God heal my body I'm petitioning you God oh Lord God I know you can touch me and you can set me free from every disease every illness Every complications, trauma to my body. I believe that you can. And that's how we're going to approach the throne of God. But that kind of attitude boldly coming before him. Jacob said, God, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. 
And that's the attitude that we need to have. You know what, God? I believe you're a good God. You know God provides, right? He doesn't just provide good love. Listen, he gives good gifts to his children. And then when you get healed, you're going to leave from this place and you're going to keep your healing. That means that if it tries to come back, you're going to rebuke it. Amen. Hallelujah. I need some pastor's help. Pastor's help. Amen. I want you to stand in front of me. Hallelujah. Okay, so you're going to get these two. You get these two. You get these two. And if are, are you come up for prayer, you get these. Anybody else? Are you praying? Are you coming up to prayer? Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. So one, two, three. Right there. And okay. One, two, three. And then you're praying for healing. Okay. So. Okay. So you take one, two, three. Uh, I'll tell you what. You see. One, two, three. That one right here. You. One, two, three. I'll take one, two, three. And then one, two, three. There you go. Hallelujah. Father in heaven, I ask you, Lord God, once again to touch these bodies. Miracles, God. I want you to pray with me, those of you that are in front. I want you to say this. Father in heaven, I thank you so much for the blood that was shed upon the cross for my sins for my forgiveness. I also forgive everyone who has hurt me, who has done wrong to me, who has spoken things about me. I forgive them completely, just like you have forgiven me. I thank you, Jesus, and I ask you right now, in Jesus' name, I am healed. Let's worship God and let's
Father God, I pray that you have
warrior spirit as much as your husband to go for it. Your relationship with God. Not just the court tells, yes, he's the covering, right? Yes, he is. We understand that. But you need to fight also too. Like when you first got saved, did you get married in church? Okay. So when you were not married in church, you gave it all as a single person, right? Same kind of diligence you need to bring it within your marriage and the, and the confines of him being recovered but you still got to fight because you're going to stand before you <coughs> and God will help you God will strengthen you and this is a growing area you pray and say God give me fruit and that fruit will remain okay, so we're going to come this Father, I pray right now. there. 
especially at the, at the head of the wedding table, like the most important table that was there. Dignitaries were there, the, 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 the governor of the region, important people. But the most important person wasn't at that table. And like I said, maybe didn't even... My wife always tells me to be careful if I hit somebody because they might hit that. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not going to hit And, you know, they might have not known that Jesus was there or, or who even Jesus was. I mean, doesn't, doesn't Scripture say in, in, in John chapter 1, verse 10, he was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not even know him. Came into the world that he created, the world didn't even know him. Did you know that you can be in the presence of God? Do you believe that this is a Holy Ghost church? Where our praise and our worship invited God, the Holy Spirit, to be present. I believe that because scripture says where two or three are gathered in the name of Jesus, I am there in the midst. But I also know that you can be in the presence of God and not even get any benefits on who he is. And that's the truth. You can be here, but not here. You can be here and not engage. You can be here in the presence of a holy God and not receive any of the benefits of who he is until, until a situation arises. Until something happens that only Jesus can fix it. Our, our scripture says that as soon as he walked in, his mother went up to him and said, Son, son, I'm glad that you're here. Well, it doesn't, okay. I'm glad that you're here. We ran out of wine. And I know you can do something about it. We need your help. I want to talk to you about unsustainable joy for a moment. Because at this wedding feast, at this party, they were drinking, they were singing, they were dancing, they were doing karaoke. I'm not sure if karaoke existed back then. <laughs> but they were having a good time until the wine ran out. Until the wine ran out. How many know that the new wine Jesus offers is about sustainable joy and happiness? Right? It's a byproduct of serving God and being set free. I have joy and I have happiness in my life, not because of circumstances and situations, because sometimes things go awry. No, I have it because I've been set free. And no matter what happens in my life, God's in control. Oh, God is good all the time. Yes. yes. The new wine that God offers, the new wine that Jesus Christ offers is sustainable. 
But how many of you know that the wine that the devil offers will always run out? Come on, man. Amen. <laughs> Listen, it will always run out. Listen, if you're contemplating backsliding in this place, you might have fun for a while. You might have fun for six months, a year, two years, three years, four years, five years. You might even be a carrier. That's another sermon I'm working on. Why do some people seem to excel as backsliders and some others don't at face value? Because the devil likes to use people at their own advantage. Sometimes you don't even feel it five, six, seven years ago. But I promise you, if not in this life, on the next life, it runs out. Right? Yes, man. The rich man feasted sumptuously on all of his delights because he could afford it. And Lazarus, not even scraps from his table. And then when both of them died, Lazarus was comforted. But the rich man was tormented. It was always, it will always run out, beloved. What the devil offers will always run out. The Bible says there is pleasure in sin only for a season. Let me say it like this. In Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 1 and 3. I want to read it like this, so stay with me. I said in my heart, come now, I will test you with mirth. I will test you with mirth. I'm going to make myself happy. Therefore, enjoy pleasure. But being kind of like on the flip side or bipolar for a moment or, 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 or contemplating these things and knowing that things don't last. It goes on to say, but surely this also was vanity. But I said of laughter, madness of mirth. What does it accomplish? So you know what? I searched my heart, the Bible says, and it continues. I searched in my heart how to gratify my flesh with wine while guiding my heart with wisdom. And every functioning alcoholic can attest to that. I can get home. I know how to do it. I can do it. Leave me alone. I got this. I got this. I got no problems whatsoever. Come on now. Right, because we feel like we got this. We feel like we got this. But in reality, we don't. Come on, man. In reality, we don't got it. We don't got it. We don't have it. <laughs> oh, no. And the reality is, is actually coming to face to face with truth and saying, you know what, I don't got it all together. Things are happening in my life. That I will tell the truth scares me. Because we think we don't have it all together. And then I don't want repeats of the things that have happened in our past. But if we don't learn from the mistakes, we're doomed to repeat everything that we've done in the past. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but when we have kids, pass it along to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And we, 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 we do this. He goes on to say, and how to lay hold of folly. 
till I might see what was good for the sons of men to do under heaven all the days of their lives. But verse 11, it says, But indeed all was vanity and grasping for the wind. There was no profit under the sun. At, 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 at this, at this foray, they ran out of wine. The, the, the thing that was supposed to sustain the party, the thing that was supposed to sustain the wedding feast, they ran out of wine. It had nothing to sustain it. And all of a sudden, beloved, the party is not so great, right? When things run out, you kind of realize, you know what? Maybe it wasn't all that. Right? Have you ever been to a club? You're dancing with somebody, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's over, and they turn on the lights, and you go, oh, man, I've been dancing with that person. Oh, my gosh. What the heck? Yeah. There you go. You know, you, 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 I, 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 I've been there, right? <laughs> Party's not so great at the white throne mm. of vomit. <laughs> like when the money, like when the money doesn't have the power you thought it had. Yeah. Or the person that you would wreck your world doesn't fulfill you. You know, I want to get ahead of myself, but if you know the scripture, the governor says, you've held the, 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 the best for last, right? Right? People put out the good wine first, and then when they are drunk, they don't realize that this is just, mm, you know, low grade. 2020. You know why? Because the devil will always offer you what you think is best at first and it will always run out. Yeah, that's right. Living in sin, beloved. There's no sustainable joy. It doesn't matter where you live, what kind of job you have. Without Christ at the center, not just the first, at the center of your life. You know what it means to have Jesus at the center? That means everything revolves around Him. Come on now. Every, everything. I'll let other pastors balance this out. Jesus at the center before Little League, before family, before your spouse, before your kids. Like I said, I'll let other people balance this out. But what I'm saying is that Jesus is at the center of everything. Amen. I'm not talking about neglecting those things, but you put Jesus at the center. Because without Christ at the center of your life, it's not sustainable. And the moment, and the moment that the wine ran out, the attention shift. Because your attention will always shift, right? It will always shift. When you're going through something, your attention shifts. I want to talk about shifting attention for a moment. Listen to me. Your attention shifts when you're in a financial jam. Your attention shifts, right? How can I make a little bit more money? Biolife is down the street. (laughs) Ah, Some of you know what I'm talking about. Oh, no. Come on, somebody. <laughs> you start looking at things and think, oh, man, I'm just going to do this. 
important. Because your attention shifts, right? She doesn't understand. She ought to be glad that I married her. She doesn't understand. Hey, what's up, John? I'm okay. I don't know how to talk like a girl. turn to. For some, the moment things start to go wrong, they call on God, and it's not a bad thing, beloved. We should. That's the first go-to. His mother said, son, we can use some help. We can use some help right now. And I know that you can do it. I know that. You can do something about it. They ran out of wine. And the moment when something goes wrong, you call on God. <coughs> because your attention shifts. And it should shift to the only one that can fix it. The only one that can make it brand new. Right? That's, that's where Jesus was trying to convince Nicodemus. Nicodemus. It's, it's, not, it's, it's not about bulls and goats. I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to tell you the only way now that God is trying to show the world that you must be born again of the Spirit. And he's trying to tell them it's not, it's not about the sacrifice of bulls and goats to start over again. But unless a man be born again. Yes. Oh, who wouldn't want to start again? Mm -hmm. Right? Who, who wouldn't want to start over? I'm 53 years old. I've done a lot. I've had my victories and I've had my defeats. Would I change some things? Oh, heck yeah. Would I want to go back and change some things? Oh, yes. But I know when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, I became a new creation. Hallelujah. Because I was born again of the Spirit. In the Spirit and the things of heaven, God changed things. And I started over. Let me ask you something. Is your spiritual, spiritual condition running on empty? I'm, I'm talking to Christians. I'm talking to sinners. Is your spiritual condition running on empty? Mom. Then I want you to pay close attention because God wants to do something. God wants to do a new miracle in you. He wants to do a new miracle in you. 
And this is how he's going to do it. So pay close attention. The Bible says that when finally Jesus, who was put on the spot by his mother. And you're saying, what do you mean, pastor? Listen, when you read the scripture, let me put it to you this way. Because I know we sometimes have heard it over the pulpit differently the way I'm going to say it right now. But it says it in scripture. When Jesus came to the party, he wanted to have fun. He wanted to enjoy himself with his disciples. His mom was there. He had no intention of doing a miracle. That's blasphemy. The Bible says that when Jesus got there, no sooner that he stepped in and said, wow, man, look at this. His mother said, son, I'm glad you're here. You need to do something. They ran out of wine. And he's like, I just got here, mom. <laughs> Woman, what does that concern mean? <coughs> if they ran out of wine, they should have prepared for it. <laughs> my time has not yet come. And just like a mom, just like a mom, I, under I understand, son. I understand. My son, Whatever he says, do it. And I can see Jesus, man. He goes, oh, I can't believe my mother put me on the spot like that. <laughs> Scripture says that, beloved. Scripture says that. What does that have to do with me? My hour's not yet come. But even Jesus said, you know what? I am going to do something about it. So the scripture says that he made this statement. Now there were six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water and they filled it up to the brim. Get the six ceremonial pots and fill them to the brim with water. Now six, listen to me, six is a number of man in sin. And I'm not going to get into that. But I want you to pay close attention because these ceremonial pots were used for the Jews to wash themselves before they entered the temple. They were ceremonial pots. But let me put it to you this way. They were religious <laughs> pots. So let me change it just a little bit. Jesus was saying, you know those six religious pots that are there? I want you to bring them to me. I want you to bring those empty religious pots and bring them to me. And I believe, beloved, that these pots <coughs> represent the church. These pots represent the church. A church that can offer anyone or the world anything sustainable because of its own carnality, lukewarmness, and its own emptiness. Are you with me? Yes. Yes. Listen, how many, how many years have our fellowship been praying for revival? Yeah. How many services 
have I been preaching about? We pray for it, but now is the time to embrace revival. Now is the time to become revival, yes. to continue to pray for revival. But how can we expect revival and anyone to have any kind of revelation of what we're trying to do if we're not living it ourselves? Because revival, beloved, starts in the church first. And I believe that's what God is trying to do in the last of the last days during this church age. Because God is going to pour out, listen, God is going to pour out His Spirit and all flesh. But the church, amen, needs to be revived if it's dead. Because it starts with the church first, beloved. It starts with us first, beloved. As we build bigger churches and, 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 and nicer places, we can sit comfortably and look at everybody else that's not doing something for Jesus and, 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 and rest on our own laurels. Amen. But then we can become dead and dry ourselves if we're not careful. What exempts us? What exempts us to be like that? Mm. Nothing. Didn't Mordecai tell Esther, you were called for such a time as this. You were called for such a time as this. But if you don't do it, make no mistake, you're going to die too because you're a Jew. But if you don't do it, God's will still going to be accomplished. He'll choose somebody else. He'll choose somebody else. Oh, how dare you? How dare you say that? We go to the potter's house. Christian <laughs> fellowship. Where God changes lives. <laughs> but you read it throughout scripture, beloved. We, we speak of, 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 of revivals that have, that have happened in the past. We make illustrations about the founding of the Methodist Church by John Wesley. And if John Wesley were alive, Maybe he's looking down from the cloud of witness and saying, that's not what I meant for them to be like. Mom. Bring them to me because I need to do a new miracle in them. Yes. Revelation chapter 2 verse 5 says, Remember therefore from where you have fallen. Repent and do the first works. Or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Do the first works. Like Pastor Mitchell used to preach all the time. Keep the main thing, the main thing. But here's a question for the church. Have you become those old pots? Have you become them? Then we need a God who can do a new miracle. In them, Jesus said, fill those pots with water to the brim, not with grapes, because we understand grapes, wine is made from grapes. No, fill it with something that cannot turn itself into something else. And how many of you know water is bland, right? Water is bland, but wine is flavorful. How many of you know that water is cheap, but wine is expensive? Water is tasteless, wine is strong. And how can I make this into that? 
How can how can how can you bring the water pots and you fill it with something that can't change itself normally into another substance? You bring them to Jesus. Hallelujah. You bring them to Jesus because the power and the presence of of Jesus changes everything, beloved. It changes everything. So when you are full of it, when you're full of it, that's where I can hear my wife say, don't go further than that. No, but seriously, when you're full of it, when you're full of pride, indifference, carnality, and lukewarmness, when you're, when you're tired of this unlaborable stuff that only leaves you cotton up, and empty, penniless, sick. When you're full of it, Jesus says, bring it to me. Bring it to me. Aren't you glad that God is not finished with us? Come on, come on. He's not finished with this church. Come on now. He's not. Bring it to me. And then Jesus does a miracle. From one vessel to another vessel. And how many of you know, being in the presence of Jesus, that water turned into wine. It turned into something brand new. Brand new. Brand new. Not just fix. Yeah, I, 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 I've heard it. You know, we're like a body and fender shop. We're about a hospital that puts things together. But listen, beloved, many times I say, you know what? You just got to get rid of the old so that way you can get in the new. Hallelujah. Right? I pray for some people and I say, God, don't just, if their, if their liver, if their kidney is just not functional, then, then, then do a spiritual transplant and give them a new kidney and a new liver. A new pancreas. In Jesus' name. And being in the presence when you come to Jesus, oh, beloved, Things are made brand new. And this is the reason why we ask you to come to church. Who's from Cibolo and, 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 and church? Who's coming to this church? Anybody? You're coming to this church. That's why we're asking you, be a part of this fellowship. Grow this church. Grow this church. We're into discipleship. We're into planting works. When, when, when you go to your conference and your rallies and all this other stuff, you're gonna just, just gonna blow your mind. Oh my gosh, the bigger picture. You know why we ask you to come to revivals and to, and to come to church? Because being in the presence of God changes things. Amen. It changes things, beloved. It changes things. Being in the presence of God changes you. As God pours out His power, His presence changes you. He changes worthless things into things that are extremely costly. Weakness into power. That's the power of His presence. Not just another church service. Not just another Bible study. Not just another revival service. You've heard me preach before. 
If you're coming to church and you're expecting the same familiar thing, then you don't get it anymore. I've done this before. We've sang that song. That's too old. We've done this. It doesn't work. Up and down. Give and... Why do we always have two sermons? We always have sermons on money and we have other <coughs> sermons from the preacher. Guess I gotta pull out my wallet. You, 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 you don't get it anymore. <coughs> Let me ask you a question. When was the last time you left church and you said to yourself, man, I'll never be the same again? <coughs> Oh my gosh, God, you touched me, you delivered me, you spoke to my heart. Oh my gosh, God, I've been in your presence. I'll never be the same again. Yes. When was the last time? You got excited for a conference, you got excited for a rally, you got excited for a revival. You get excited just to be in the presence of God. You walk through with this door and say, man, Oh, beloved, listen, I get to go to church. I get to give. I get to worship. I get to go to heaven. I get to do this. I sit down all the time, and I look out, and I said to myself, my gosh, they came to go come and listen to me. I'm just a short Mexican hoping that the pulpit is not higher than I. <laughs> I get to do this, Pastor, you and your wife, you get to do this. Get to do this. Go home and just sit down and just lie down and you say, Oh my God, you do this. You get to do that. You get to. You get you get to. You get to be a you three. You get to be a part of an infant church. Yes. And see it grow before your eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. I was part of a church where we only had like 50 people, 45 people. Now we were like about maybe 400, 450. And now I'm going to Hungary. And I've heard all the jokes. I'm tired of all the jokes. <laughs> I am. I'm tired of all the jokes. I, I really, really. So you go into there because you're hungry for God. Yes. I get to go. Three things, beloved. Jesus wants to do a miracle in you. A new miracle. He wants to make you different inside and out. Acts chapter 3 verse 9 and 10. All the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate. How can this be? He's, 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 been, he's been healed. And they were filled with wonder and amazement. Why is he different? Why? That's the rapture. Why is he different? <laughs> Why is he different? Does it make sense? Why is he different? He wants to do a new miracle. And the second thing, do exactly what he says. It was his mother that went up to Jesus and went to the servants. Whatever he tells you to do, you need to do it. It needs to be deliberate. And it needs to be intentional, beloved. Yes. Do what he says. Yes. Young people, do what Jesus says. Do what he says. Whatever he says, do it. How many would agree? Yes. yes. Right? Hallelujah. Yes. Do it. Because that train has a caboose and it's going to end. Yeah. 
And you might not have another opportunity. Second Corinthians chapter 6 verse 2 says in an acceptable time I've heard you and in the day of salvation I help you behold now now is the acceptable time behold now is the day of salvation yes. now is to do something yesterday is over tomorrow might never come today today right now today is the day you need to do something beloved Hallelujah. and don't hesitate don't procrastinate I'm going to appeal to the humanity of Jesus because he was human and he was God. Do we agree? Yes. And I'm going to appeal to the humanity of Jesus because Jesus probably thought about it. It's not my problem. They ran out of wine. They should have planned for it. It's not my time. But then when? But then when? If not now, then when? The Bible says that he will make you fishers of men. Mark chapter 1 verse 17. I will make you. I will make you. He's into making things, beloved. If you let him, he'll make you a good spouse. He'll make you a good husband, a good father. He'll make you a good disciple. Wow. He'll make you a good disciple. A good pastor. He'll make you. He's into making things. But you're going to have to drink. You're going to have to drink. Because when Jesus turned that water into the wine, he called one of his servants. And he said to him, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. And when the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made into wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants did. The servants did. They knew where it came from. The master of the feast called the bridegroom and he said to him, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine and when all the guests have drunk in the interior but you have kept the good wine until now when we most needed it hallelujah come on now when we most needed it yes listen this world is running on empty no doubt somebody in Cibolo shirts is contemplating suicide. Yep, yep, yep. No doubt there's a young girl or a young guy cutting themselves. An abusive husband hitting their kids. An abusive mother with an abusive tongue. No doubt there's somebody in the bar. And they wish life could be different because they just run out. And then this church shows up come on. just in time. Oh, come on, you can't, come on. You, can't, you can't make that up. Jesus turns the water into wine. And the governor says, you're just in time. You're just in time.
I said, if you run out, bring it to Jesus so he can do a new miracle in you. Amen. Let's give God a You are wonderful. You are gracious. You're here. You're not saved. You're running on empty. You're running on fumes. Or maybe you've already run out and you're stuck on the road of life. Wondering how you're just going to get to your next next destination. And in your mind, it's like, it's always like this. My life is always like this. You're leaning on your car and you're looking up to heaven. Why? Why? Is you really real? Fill, fill my car up with gas. So I can just get home. So I can just get work. Man, I don't even want to go home. My home's so messed up and torn out. I've run out of answers there as well, too. Maybe you find yourself in this place and you're saying to yourself, I don't know. Then bring it to Jesus. Because in the presence of God, when God touches you, you cry out to God and your intention shifts. And you say, Oh, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I repent. He is faithful to forgive. And then he fills you with sustainable joy, sustainable hope that never runs out. Oh, thank you, Jesus a fountain flowing in your heart where you never go thirsty, never go hungry again. You hear, you're not saved. You've never given your life to Jesus. And you're tired of being empty. It'd be my privilege to pray with you. Would you lift up your hand? You're not saved. You're not saved. Or maybe worse yet, you're, you're backslidden. You were once filled, but now you're away. And now you've come to your senses and realize you're empty. You realize that you are empty. And, you, and you're saying to yourself, hey, you know what? In my dad's house, my dad was a good guy. He shouldn't have, he didn't deserve how I treated him. But I'm going to go home. I need to go home. Because in my father's house, there's food, there's room. Maybe he's not going to want me not to occupy. He's going to probably tell me something like, well, now you know how it is to live in the real world. Now you come to me with your tail between your legs. No, but my dad is a good dad. Oh, let me tell you, beloved, he is a good father. He doesn't do that. You know, your father, every single day, goes out. Just in case he sees you afar off coming back home. And the scripture says of the prodigal son, he sounds just like the prince. And I can see him just holding the case. Is that him? Is that him? Is that him? And he calls it back. Hey! And he runs. He runs to meet him and hugs him and kisses him, puts sandals in his feet, a ring on his finger, and a cloak. And go, Dad, what are you doing? I messed up. Oh, you're my son. My son has come home. Wayward son, wayward daughter, would you get up from where you are? 
and come back home. If that's you, would you lift up your hand right now? Backslider. You want to come back to Jesus. I'm not ignorant. I give three invitations to the altar call. Because it doesn't matter if you've been serving God for five years, two years, ten years, or if you have ministry. Preacher of the gospel, evangelist like me, church kid. If you have secret sin, you will not make heaven your home. You can fool everybody. You can fool yourself, but you cannot fool God. And God sees it. And what does it profit you to gain the whole world and lose your own soul? What does it profit you to hide your pornography? Hide the stuff that you watch on your devices and go straight to hell. What does it profit you to have bitterness in your heart? You hate your spouse. You hate your kids. You hate your mom and dad. You hate your ex. You hate your pastor. You think of things in your mind. Spirit of revenge and violence. I could get okay with it. No, no, I can't think like that. But that's how you feel. How can you say you love God and have hatred like that? You take things that don't belong to you. You lie. Whatever it is, beloved, it's a secret sin. And you're on display. We are all on display before God. And God is trying to get a hold of you. Saying, you know what? Repent. Beloved, when you stand before God, God can either say, enter in the good and faithful servant into the joy of the Lord or depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I don't know you intimately. It doesn't have to be like that, beloved. God is trying to get a hold of you. So if you're living in secret sin and you're full of it, tired of it, wondering if today's the day I'm going to get caught, that's no way to live. You want to come clean and say, oh Jesus, I need forgiveness. I'm not going to play games anymore. That's you. Lift up your hand right now. Lift it up. Lift it up. Okay. Church, whatever congregation, whatever city that you're in, now is the time to give the world what it needs. And that's Jesus Christ. Let's all stand. These altars are open. You can come. You can do business with God. <laughs> Make your way to the altar. There's a God, amen, that wants to renew your spirit. If you're weary, if you're tired, there's a God that wants to deposit brand new things in you. Fresh fire, a fresh wind.
Hallelujah. Let's all stand in this place. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. You are filled. But you need a fresh wind. You need a fresh fire. You feel like, you know what? You've been taken off direction or off kilter. Sometimes we grow, we, we grow tired. We, we, we get distracted. Sometimes life hits us and blindsides us. Just like a car, we need an oil change regularly. Every single day, I pray, God, give me the fresh anointing, fresh fire for today. Yes. New oil in my lap to keep me burning because I always want to burn for you. That's right. If that's you, I want you to come forward. We're going to pray for you. Amen. We're going to pray together. This is not being baptized again with the Holy Spirit. This is a fresh wind, a fresh anointing fresh oil. Um, I want you to lift your hands. Um, I want you to say with me, Jesus, I thank you for the love that you have for me. I ask you for fresh fire, fresh anointing, fresh oil in my lamp so I can be prepared when you come to let people know that that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead can quicken our mortal bodies. We've called you to be an ambassador and to let people know that Jesus is the answer and that Messiah is coming. Give me a fresh wind, fresh fire, in Jesus' name. Amen. Father God, we thank you. Hallelujah, Lord, I generation and we're almost home. And we need to tell the world that Messiah is coming. And now is the time to do it. Not tomorrow. Not the next day. If not now, then. 
That's all I have. Let's give God a clap.